girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. What's up? We are so excited that you're here for today's episode. I think it's probably my favorite one we've ever gotten to record. (laughs) So we are here to share with you our birth story because our son Brody was born on November 9th at 721 a.m., a moment I will literally remember for the rest of my freaking life in full detail (laughs) because it was absolutely incredible. And I know some of you that are listening into this podcast are just like curious people that love birth stories, which I love too. Some of you are maybe wanting to have kids in the future or you're pregnant right now, or you are a parent. And by the way, if you hear like coos or like, oh, he's cute little sneezes in the background, this is real parent life. We're coming at you and we're six days after he was born. Six right? days as parents. Yeah, six days Killing. as parents. So we're just like crushing it, yeah. you know. No. Um, but seriously, we want to tell like all the details. Some of you on Instagram had DM'd me questions. So we're going to cover the whole spectrum of everything. But first of all, how are you feeling? Your dad. It's crazy. It's like you, they give you this human at the hospital and you're like, hey, take care of this thing for the rest of your life. Like no manual. See you uh, later. You, know, you just like instantly just like love this little. Yeah. Human. It's like crazy. Like, I mean, it was more, I think you grew him. So like you had this like really intimate connection with him. And obviously yeah. I did too. But like, I think actually getting to hold him and like see him, it's like, whoa. So emotional. Like, yeah. It just like, it just hits you and you're like, wow, I just love this little thing. Well, and there's this narrative of like, just wait. Right. And I've been talking about this often and it's just, people talk about how hard newborn season is. And like, yes, you're sleep deprived at the time that we're recording this. Literally we slept in two hour increments because I'm breastfeeding and you know, he's waking up and like, we're just adjusting. We're all like, you know, trying to figure this out as we go, but like, they don't tell you how amazing it is too. And like, you just get to see this little human that like we created like your two favorite people. Like for me, it's like myself and my husband, Zina creating a new human and then getting for those of you that like are listening in that are going to be the mom of this baby. It's like getting to watch your significant other become a parent too is just like, it's like nothing else. So what we're going to do today is just kind of overarching, give some details about the birth and kind of tell you how we got here. So to tee it up, I will share, I had an amazing pregnancy. I'm so grateful that I felt so good during my pregnancy, like first trimester, a little bit like narcoleptic um, and tired, but second trimester and honestly, even third, I felt great. But one thing that we didn't expect is when we got to our quote unquote due date, how much of a mind F that would be because <laughs> he was born um, six days after his due date. So I was 40 weeks and six days. And I don't know why, like we never talked about getting to the due date and that like that would be weird yeah. because we know that the due date is just made up, right? Yeah. I think, and like coming from like a science background, I, it's like we know yeah. a lot about like birth and how babies develop and, and like how they time everything. But it's going through the process of being pregnant and everything, you realize like there's still a lot of unknown and there's a lot yeah. of things that they don't know like when they're coming really. It's just a guess or like how you go into labor. They have no idea what triggers that, which was like a big surprise to us. We can get into that. 
Um, yeah. But really, like, the due date is just so arbitrary when you really, like, learn more about it that they do their best guess. But for us, like, that date really stuck in our head because, like, well, he's just going to come before. Like, yeah, wild in your belly. Like, he was such a party animal, like, always just, like, dancing in my belly. So, And I was, like, so active. I mean, up until he literally was born, we were walking, like, I mean, a few miles a day. Like, I was curb walking. I was doing all these things because um, we had this game plan that was really important to me. And obviously, everybody's preferences and circumstances are different. But I really wanted to have an unmedicated birth, too. So I was trying to, like, balance this, like, idea of knowing that we were past the due date and there is like a medical timeline of when like the placenta doesn't, you know, provide the type of nutrients to the baby and like when it becomes risky to keep them past their due date and trying to balance that with like the science and medical part of it within this like very like intuitive side of me and you too, where like we wanted him to have his own time. And like, I mean, I'm like a very beat to my own drum type of person, like Enneagram 7, like I felt as if having him go past his due date, but still letting him have time to come on his own when he was ready was really important to me to make as like my first decision really as a mom. And, you know, again, everybody's different, but that just really mattered to me. So when we hit 40 weeks, we had an appointment with a PA and she was very like textbook, I guess is the way to put it. And And she was telling us like, we were going to get, need to get induced because if we didn't get induced, then we were going to be risking, you know, stillbirth, like all these horrible things, like the most horrible things that you could ever imagine when you're a parent or like about to become a parent where you're trying to juggle, like, what is it that you want to do and what's the best decision for you and what's the best decision for your baby that feels intuitively aligned, but also medically safe. So Needless to say, we decided that we were going to give him some time. If he didn't come, we were going to be getting induced the following week after he was born because um, that felt like a good like decision for us. But we didn't have to get induced because we had a wild, wild birth. So, well, I think I kind of touching on that really quick. Yeah. It's just um, there's a lot of this process where like there's like certain milestones and progressions that they measure and like how, how big is your belly growing, like all these things. Right. But I think what we learned at the end of the day and like we took that course, it's like your body really does know yeah. how to do this. Like you're, you're built to do this, which is so incredible that you really just have to like, it's so great that we have a medical system. It helps like, you know, during birth, there's like things that go wrong and we can save both the babies and the, the moms. Like it's a much better experience. However, it's balancing that with like your natural instincts yeah. as a human because your body is actually built for this. So it's like weighing out those risks of, we really want him to like come on his own terms yeah. and like let your body do its thing without being risky. So I think that first girl kind of the PA, the PA, she, she just has had some, a lot more experience. So that, you know, medical people, they tend to guard against like the worst case scenario, yeah, uh, which they're supposed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but then it's also learning to advocate for yourself and you'll, we'll go into that more. Of, like, that was really the biggest lesson. To, like, you really have to push like what you want and what you know is right. Cause you do really know at the end of the day, your body mm-hmm. is intuitive and will know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, to take us to the day that he was actually born, or I guess when we started contractions. So that was Wednesday, November 8th. And that morning we had decided to do what's called a membrane sweep. So it's basically the, the, the most natural way that you can get labor going potentially. Um, it works for some people. It doesn't work for some people. And that morning we had an amazing OB who honestly, like, 
we saw her twice. She's not our normal OB and she actually doesn't actively deliver babies anymore, but she was kind of like this vibe of my grandma. Like I loved her. She was so warm and she was very on the same page as us. It's like, your body knows what to do. We were telling her that we really wanted to do this unmedicated. That was really important to me. And again, everyone's different, but that was a goal that I really had is I wanted to do this unmedicated. I wanted to learn how to really trust my body, to lean into trusting my support system and Cena. And like, that was just a huge part of the journey that I wanted. So telling her that, and she was reiterating like you're doing an amazing job and like this is going to be great. So we got a membrane sweep in the morning. Um, but prior to going to the membrane sweep, I had a couple contractions while we were on a walk and how I handle um, anxiety or like things that are like unknown is I just kind of like laugh or I just, you know, like I was like, ah, I think this is maybe a contraction. But again, like I've never done this before. So I had no idea what a contraction would feel like. And I was telling Zena, I was like, I think that was a contraction. So now realizing what a contraction actually is. I definitely had a couple contractions that morning, um, but no real signs of active labor. I felt like, why is he not coming out? Like I really want to meet him, but I also want to give him his time. So needless to say, we had that in the morning. And then throughout the day, we kind of just went about our day and uh, (laughs) we had friends over for dinner that night. And I had said to Sina, I might go into labor. So I did a hair wash shower. <laughs> that was very important to me. <laughs> and we had a really hearty meal. Yeah, we had burgers. Yeah, like, so you know, burgers. Sure you have strength. Because <laughs> we were just like trying to manifest that maybe I'd go into labor that night. And as our friends were over, I ended up having a couple more contractions. And they definitely started to feel a little bit more intense. But I hadn't had any throughout the day. So our friends leave around 8.30-ish. 8:30 yeah. yeah. And we decided to sit on the couch and binge watch Selling Sunset. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Nothing about real estate. They Literally only drama. Sell anything, but it's great content. <laughs> so we were watching that and I started to feel more contractions coming. And I was like, whoa. So we had this app where we tracked the contractions. Yeah. And like the whole thing is like once your contractions happen every five minutes for a minute for an hour, then it's time to go in. So like, well, maybe we should start um, tracking them. And I was like, well, should I probably like take a shower and shave? I don't want him to meet me with like my scruffy beard. It was really important that my hair was clean. Things that you really don't care about when you're actually in there. But before it was that I, my hair was clean that you had shaved and showered. Yeah. So like they were cut, they were like seven minutes apart and then six minutes apart. I'm like, oh, it's, it's, I think this is it. Yeah. Um, so we called the the clinic and we're like, hey, like this is what's going on. Here's the times of the contractions. Well, and you had to call the clinic because yeah, I, like my contractions were at the point that they were like five minutes apart. They were I could not speak through them. And then that four minutes in between the next contraction, I like didn't even want to speak because I needed like all of my energy to just like recoup for the yeah. next one coming. So they were starting to get really intense really quickly, starting at around like probably eight thirty p.m. Yeah. And then when you called, they had been five minutes apart for yeah. This is like one like, a.m. Yeah, all them, and they're like, yeah, go. And so like, yeah, we had our so we packed our bag like six weeks ago because because everyone was like, you have to pack your bag, like you're gonna be rushing to the hospital. It's not like the movies where you're running out the door. I mean, maybe like, for some people, is, our experience wasn't that it wasn't yeah. like that. And like the the pressure that people are like, is your bag packed? Are you ready? It's like, 
Well, like, unless your baby just, like, comes right away, like, you have time to pack a bag, at least from what well, we want to try to labor at home as long as we can because if you go to the hospital, sometimes it can stall or the environment can be different. So, Well, and wanting to do it unmedicated, it was important for us to be at home. We, I had absolutely zero desire to do a home birth, again, to each their own. <laughs> Did not want to do a car birth for damn sure. Yeah. But I wanted to stay at home and work through those contractions in our own space and environment. I had my little, like, bouncy ball here, and, like, we just had, like, the comfort of our own home. Yeah. Um, but once they got close together, you were like, babe, we need to, like, yeah, we so need I to go. Said, All right. So one thirty, we hit the road, get to the hospital <laughs> at 2, and they're just, like, picking up. I mean, more yeah. and more on the car ride, even that, like, 20-minute drive. They were just, uh-huh. like, insane. Nice thing. And, well, late well, at night, <laughs> all green lights, which was great. Until we got You're to listening the, to Andy Grammer. Yeah. Like, Spaceship, which is, like, the best song we listened to during our pregnancy. Yeah. So. And we were in a really good, like, I feel like my mood yeah. was, like. Wait, well, I was so excited. Yeah. I mean, you definitely were having times where you couldn't talk. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. talk. But when I could talk, I was like, this is awesome. Like, we're going to have a baby. But I was also in a lot of pain. So anyways, yeah. we check in. They check you, in. 2.02 a.m. we check in yeah. on Thursday, November 9th. Yeah. They put you in this like uh, – no, Wednesday. or Technically Thursday. Technically Thursday morning. Yeah. Yeah. So they put you in this like intake room where they're like, okay, let's measure how dilated you are. And you were three and a half – uh, centimeters and okay we're gonna wait two hours and measure you again mm-hmm. so, okay so it's like 4 30 well the room was really crappy too like it's an intake room right so it's yeah. not a really great bed it's not warm in there it was ours was next to um like wasn't it like next to like an elevator or yeah, something it was just kind of loud and, and intercoms are going off the feet it was just like a really uncomfortable and my contractions were getting bad like as in uh like i could they were really intense like for if you've ever if you're listening to this and you've ever had a contraction it's like they were like real like i was not talking in between them i didn't talk at all to any of the medical team there because i was just trying to manage the pain through my breath and like bending over the like bed and like just trying to like be like i can do this you're built for this cage like it was really it was a lot but um yeah couldn't so, you go like 4 30 hit so it's been two hours and like, okay, we're going to measure again. So they come measure and like, well, she's only at four. So either – Four centimeters dilated. Yeah. So usually it's like six is when they admit you and like get you into like the real room where you're going to like give birth. It's mm-hmm. much more comfortable. Yeah. So the nurse comes in. She's really great. She's a little more like – you call it like crunchy. Yeah. Like more natural. <laughs> hey, let's just let your body do its thing. Like because we told her we don't we don't really want to do pitocin or any inducing unless we really have to we want to give a chance for like your body to do its thing right um so she comes back and she's like wow it's like it's not enough so i'm gonna go talk to the attending and just see what she says but most likely they're gonna tell you to go home and i'm like well go home like you're in active labor like i mean when are we gonna know when to come back in it's not like i can measure your cervix yeah <laughs> so i'm like what do you want us to do like go home and just come right back and they're like, well since you guys don't want Pitocin or anything, like we can't admit you because they're afraid you're going to stall out right. on labor. From like a medical perspective, they were saying like the only way that we can continue your labor is if we give you Pitocin. And again, back to we had a very strong vision of having an unmedicated birth. That was really important to us. And um, I really wanted to do that if it was possible. And like from a mental perspective, I was all in on this. Like, you know, if you like set a goal in your life and you're just so committed to it, like I was not interested in deviating unless it was for necessity of the safety of me or the safety of Brody. But I really was committed. Like I was planning on like laboring for as long as I needed to because I really wanted to just 
have for me what it felt like would be this experience of like seeing what my body was really capable of. And I just wanted, I wanted that. And I know some of you listening right now are like, what? Why would you ever want that? And everybody has different preferences. And also everybody has different circumstances. But I knew that I had a healthy pregnancy. I had no risk factors. Like I was like, I know that I can do this. Like I just felt so confident. So one of the things that we did proactively to help set us up for a met- unmedicated birth was of course laboring at home a little bit more. So I got to the point where like my contractions were really close, even though I wasn't dilated. And we also had had this conversation Sina and I together, where I was not going to be speaking to any medical professionals during the labor. And this is really interesting because for those of you that have listened to this podcast for a while or you know me very well, Sina and I have been together for 15 years and we, you know, have this amazing relationship. But one of the things that I really wanted to work on personally and I knew would be really important to me as I moved into this new mom role and us as parents is I wanted to like release a little bit of this control because I have this thing from my childhood where it's like I'm very self-sufficient and I always am like, I can do it on my own and like I can always count on myself. But I knew for me to have an unmedicated birth, for me personally, we didn't hire a doula. And the reason that we didn't is because I knew for us that if I could really rely on Cena, like I trust his judgment a lot around like medical decisions, but also just making decisions for our family. And I knew that he could help advocate for me, but I knew that I couldn't take my mindset out of this very primal instinct of wanting to birth Brody to talk with the doctors. So like I did not speak to any of our doctors or nurses, literally, like my normal personality is like, hi, I'm Keisha. Like, how'd you become a doctor? Like, where are you from? But I literally did not. Yeah, <laughs> I literally did not talk to any of them until after Brody was born. I literally introduced myself and was like, hi, I'm Keisha. And they had already like That's seen my vagina. Yeah. Um, so that was a really like, and I can break down if, if you guys are interested in like tips for unmedicated births, like I can totally do another podcast episode on that. We're not going to get into that in detail, but that was something that was really important to us. So when we were in that room, Cena was like, I know my wife, like, and I wasn't part of these conversations because I was literally laboring, but he's like, I know my wife, let's get her into a more comfortable environment. I understand that you don't want to admit us unless she's willing to do Pitocin. So the other nurse that was like a little crunchy, as we like to say, she had said to us, she was like, just pretend like you're open to Pitocin so you can get into a room because I really do think you guys will be able to like labor through this. And she's well, like, but don't say that I said that. It wasn't that. a lie. Like at some point we'd be open yeah, to it. Yeah. Maybe not on your timeline. Yeah. Right? So. We were open to it right away, which is what they wanted. They wanted us to take Pitocin right away and get things going. And we were not open to that. But we had to like really just get ourselves into the room because we believed that if I was in a better environment yeah. then and in, in particular, I really wanted like a jacuzzi bathtub, which is where we ended up laboring. But I knew if we were in a better environment that we could have a better outcome. Yeah. Right. And you were the one that was advocating. And I think that's really important for them to hear that you were like, this is what we want. And you had my back about that, you know? Girl, I hope you're loving this conversation and hearing all about Brody's birth. It's so wild and honestly surreal to even say like, I'm a mom of a real human that I'm obsessed with. So I'm just so grateful for all of your hype and support and all of your questions about his birth because we love talking about this. That being said, I wanted to quickly pop in and let you know if you are interested in coming to Denver, this is going to seem like a real curveball, but if you're interested in coming to Denver, my husband, Sina, and I have two epic Airbnb properties. One is called Champagne House. The other is called Peach House. You can find them on Instagram at champagnehouse.denver and peachhouse.denver if you want to go check out pictures and videos and all that fun stuff. And also the Airbnb links are in the profiles. But these two properties we designed literally 
to curate community for women. So they're designed for bachelorette parties. So if that's you maybe getting married soon or one of your girlfriends and you're thinking about coming to Denver, got to check these out for bachelorette parties. Also just really fun for girls trips. And I know there are so many of you in this community that like me, love bringing women together. And if you've ever thought about hosting your own retreat, we love having women come like use these properties to host retreats. And we've had a lot of retreats recently and just seen the feedback about it. And it's just so cool to see how these properties are utilized because they sleep 12 in beds. They both have incredible hot tubs and backyards and really cool design and gathering spaces. And honestly, I just want you to know that this is an opportunity for you if you are coming to Denver to check these out. And because there are so many epic women in this community, my husband, Cena and I, We're talking about creating specific promos for those of you that are interested in booking our properties, whether it is for bachelorette party, girls trip, or for your own retreat or event. And all you have to do if you're interested in these promos, like for example, we've got a buy two nights, get your third night free for weekdays. And we've got cool promos for weekends for upcoming bookings. All you have to do is DM that account on Instagram at Champagne House Denver or at Peach House Denver, and we will keep you in the loop of all of the fun promos. So I just wanted to make sure you knew about this because it's a really fun business that we're doing together and just really getting to see all of the women that are enjoying this property is so freaking exciting. So I want to make sure that you know, as a member of the Empower Her community, that you get a sweet discount too. So anyways, without further ado, let's get back into the juice of this story. Yeah, and I think through the whole process of... uh, being pregnant and everything, it's really showed us how much you have to advocate for like what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the medical system is great. Like, honestly, I, I think it's come up, it's helped a lot of people obviously. And it has a lot of great things about it. But one of the downfalls is that it, it lacks individualized care uh, just because they just, they have, they have certain yeah volume and certain systems and, and the way they do things just makes it easier for them. And it's, you know, to be honest, they were pretty open when we were like pushing back, yeah. but we had to say it like, mm-hmm. you, you can't expect them to like, ask, what do you want? You and they're really coming like, from a place where they want you to be safe, right? Yeah, like they're they, all- they're coming from a good place and I believe their intention is great. And now looking back in hindsight, I can see that. But at that time, although I wasn't talking, I was so grateful. And I remember thinking this vividly while I was having contractions. I'm like, thank God that Cena is telling them what we want and pushing yeah. back to them in a very polite way, but it was really important. And I, and why I'm bringing that up is for those of you that do want to have an unmedicated birth, this is why I do think that it's really important to recognize like who is your birthing team. Um, We didn't hire a doula because I really wanted us to have this experience, just the two of us, but you know, your own relationship, right? If you're in a relationship with someone or you're married or whatever your situation is, and you're having a baby, does that person feel comfortable stepping into that role of advocating for you so you can stay in your primal brain? Everybody is different, but that is what worked for me. That's why we were able to do this is because I was able to stay in that zone and not have to answer any questions. Yeah, there could be someone out there that's like, just get this baby out of status. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, and they're great. They have options, which is great. Like, yep. So it's just knowing about what you want and then communicating that with them because, I mean, I, this is our first hospital we went to, for, obviously, but so they were great. But yeah. I imagine a lot of other hospitals yeah. like that as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so what happened next? So you're in the bathtub, you're going, it's like... <laughs> oh, wait, we didn't tell them that we went to the other room. Oh, so we go to yeah. the other room. They finally, they're like, okay, cool. Like, you're open to it eventually. Yes, Totally. All right, cool. We're going to admit you. So we they get us in the other room. It's much bigger. It's on the other side of the uh, floor. So it's a quiet and like n- not chaos going on. And there's a jacuzzi tub in the room, which is yeah. part of why we wanted to pick that hospital is like that each room has that. So we get in and like the lady's trying to like 
put like an IV in you while you're going through contractions. She's <laughs> like a mess, like missing your vein. Oh, like, that was so bad. She, you're like contracting. She's like trying to reach. Like, Let me just wait. Like, I was like, can we like, give me 45? That was the only thing I yeah. said. Can you give me 45 seconds? Like, because like this. Over in a minute. Maybe we try it then. Um, so, okay, cool. Sounds good. So they finally get it in. Like, okay, we're going to do the bathtub. So we, um, so for us, we had an IV, but I didn't want to be plugged in again to any medications or anything. It was more so if we had like an emergency, we wanted to have the IV yeah. in, but I wanted to be able to move freely throughout the room because our goal was that I could labor and kind of like go through like the pushing part, like really like moving into all these different positions yeah. that didn't end up happening, which we'll get into, but we wanted to be like free moving throughout the room. That was really important to me yeah. to have that experience. Yeah. And then, so we went to, so Sina said like, okay, get the IV in and then let's get her into the bathtub. So I got into the bathtub and everything just started. That was about 4.30 like in the morning, ship. right? Or four in the morning, maybe. 4.30. Yeah. And everything started escalating crazy quickly. Like the contractions were super intense. So we turned off all the lights, the nurse, like the kind of crunchy nurse that we loved. She brought in these like fake little candles and it was literally like we were in the zone. Yeah. And that was wild. Like- yeah, I mean, they were picking up. You couldn't. I mean, I was like handing you water, like I was your boxing coach. Like, yeah, yeah. The only thing I would say to Cena is like, so I ha- we have these big like empower her Stanley cups. Like some of you might have actually ordered one. Um, but I would literally say to Cena, water, yeah. and he would turn the cup to me, and I would just be like, <laughs> take two sips, and I'd pass it back to him, and that was the only thing that we said to each other. But Cena was in this role of like coach mode, where. It was perfect. Like how Cena handled this was absolutely amazing. He would be like, babe, you can do anything for a minute when I'd have like a really tough contraction. And then he would alternate back to like, I'm so proud of you. You're such an amazing person. Like you're so strong. You can do anything. And then we would have times where we wouldn't talk at all. Yeah. Um, and after, I mean, it was, I'm not going to even like sugarcoat it. It was intense. I mean, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life was manage through those like just breathing but i kept reminding myself i was like you can do this like your body knows what to do and even that um the ob that was older that i mentioned that was like kind of like a grandma who no longer delivers babies i remember her saying to me you know your situation is not unique and that was really powerful for me i thought about that a couple times when i was naked in the bathtub um because i was like so many women have done this before if someone else can do it this is how i feel about life business anything if somebody else has done the thing that you want to do it's proof that it's possible for you too of course you have to have the desire for it um but i really was like i can do this like i was not one of the a question that i got often on instagram when i shared about this and said what they wanted me to share on the podcast was like at any point in time did you want to like get an epidural and I will say with 100% confident, I did not want to because I wanted to stick to the plan that we had. Like, did you ever think that I wanted to? No. I mean, because of you were handling it, like, obviously it hurt really bad. Um, you were doing it. Like, I saw you in that zone that you, like, tapped into that. I was like, oh, she's not going to ask for an epidural. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, unless needed to or this goes on for 20 hours or something crazy. Uh, but the way it was – I would have done it for 20. I was, like, so mentally, like, I'm not – Well, then I, yeah. people asked you, like, did um, – you know, me watching you in pain. Like, oh, how yeah. I feel like it definitely is hard to watch, but because we talked about it so much, I'm like, this is what you want. And I knew we were on that path um, because the the contractions and the labor, it was just progressing. It was every three minutes, yeah. like every two minutes. Okay. So we're on the right path. Um, if we were making no progress and you're going through that much pain, I think that would have been a different story. Um, mm-hmm. But because I knew that's what you wanted and we we're already going down that way, it made it not easier, but like, okay, cool. Like she's going to get what she wants at the end of this. Not if we go through all this and you still end up getting a C-section or epidural or something like that. Then, you know, then it is watch. what it is. Then it is what it is. Then, like, it yeah. Happens. But 
I knew you were on the path to get it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, sweet. like, we're there. Let me do How can I best like just make it this part any easier? Yeah. Um, Wait, then tell them what happens. This was wild. Like, and this is, this is like a lot of TMI, but I'm going to just, we need to say it because it was so wild. Yeah. So it's like 630. We've been in the tub for two hours and they're like every two minutes apart. It's nuts. Um, <laughs> lights are off. These little candles are on. And Keisha goes, I think something's coming out of me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, so I look down and there's like a shadow in the water or something coming out of her. her. And I go, nurse, like adult, anyone? Like, <laughs> Is there an adult around here? So I'm like running in. I'm like, I think, I think he's coming out. Like, I think. Brody's you thought, head is pop, pop you thought it was his head. Yeah. Uh, goes to uh, go to find out that it is uh, her water sack can apparently come out in full tact. And it looked like a water balloon. It was like the size of a grapefruit. And yeah. it was attached to me in the water, not popped. Like my water never broke. I really wanted my water to break like in the movies, you know? Like yeah. that was like a vision. I was like, I want to be in the grocery store, like next to an old woman. And my water just breaks. I'm like, ah, that did not happen. I'm like, I think his head's out. Like, what do we do here? And she turns on the light. She's like, oh, no, that's like, that's her water sack. Like that happens. But it's, it's rare. rare. Yeah. Like, they don't normally, it'll usually pop before that happens. And uh, so you essentially birthed the water sack. <laughs> well, so she said, like, I, th- I remember her saying, like, keep going, like, keep going through yeah. these contractions. So I'd like kind of tilt back and forth on different sides. She was like, he's like getting lower. Yeah. And I, again, I wasn't talking to anyone <laughs> because I was really focused and in the zone. But I heard Cena say to them, you were like, we want to do this as, as natural as possible. So we yeah. don't want to pop it, but we are definitely open to popping it as soon as it gets to the point that it could risk anything or it could be detrimental to Keisha or to Brody. Yeah. And she was like, you know, we'll give it a few minutes and then we'll see what happens. Well, and so then like 30 minutes later, yeah, in, still not popping. this is at like 7am yeah. on Thursday the 9th. Okay. So keep in mind, he was born at 721. So at 7am, yeah, we're still in the bathtub. I was like, okay. So at what point are we being like risky? Like she's like, well, if we should probably go ahead and pop it to keep everything going. Like we don't want to stall. Like, yeah. That's all. I was like, so how far? So usually when this happens, like how far behind is the baby? Like <laughs> right there. So I'm like, oh, okay. So it's probably time to like get to the bed. She's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And so, you were like, babe, case, we're getting close. We got to get up. And you're like, no. I'm like, no, we have to get up. <laughs> you're like, you're like and, we absolutely have to get up. And I was, I could feel this pressure where, and again, you know, I've never done this before. So like for first time moms, you know what I mean? We're like, you don't really know, but I'm like, there's a lot of pressure down there now. Yeah. I was like, I think I said to Cena, I was like, I think his head is coming. Yeah. And I didn't really, you know, again, like I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, we'll see. So I stand up. I feel a ton of pressure and we start the nurse and Cena walk me to the bed. Well, I think they hit like whatever kind of panic button they have. Like four nurses come running in like, oh, this means like it's coming. She must not have been like told me how fast it's about to come because they want to keep us calm. But like four nurses come in, me and the other nurse like carry you over to the bed yeah, and sit you down. I'm like, well, we don't want to labor on the back. Like, can we, we want to change. I didn't, that was another thing I did. I didn't want to labor on the back because if you look up, there's a lot, just grab him. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like research that doesn't support laboring on your back. So I really wanted to labor in different positions, which is also why I didn't want to be medically like plugged into something where I didn't have the free like mobility to move. But what happened was, oh, Brody's making a cameo. Um, what happened was we didn't have time to get me into another position. I sat down on the bed. They pushed the back of the bed up and right away the nurse, like the kind of crunchy nurse and Cena, she grabs one of my, she grabs my right leg and he grabs my left leg. And Cena looks at me with a look 
that I will remember for the rest of my life. It was like the game time look. Like he was like a coach and I was the kicker to win the Super Bowl. Like you are about to close the deal here. And I, he goes, babe, you're going to be Brody so soon. Go. And like tells me to push. Well. So the resident doctor uh, is in the room, uh, comes running in and is sitting down there and like kind of ready to go. And almost like holding Brody's head back because the attending's not there. And so I think, I guess, legally, they probably have to have the attending in the room who's like the senior doctor to help watch over the like resident doctor or whatever. And she's like, don't push, Cash. Like the resident was like, we're still waiting for the attending. And, and you're like, the crunchy nurse is like, well, we can't really prevent that. Like, yeah, because like if you can feel it, if you've had um, an unmedicated birth or maybe you even, even with an epidural, I don't know what that's like, but like I couldn't control like it was coming like yeah. without being like really weird it would be like if you were pooping and like you felt like you were gonna poop but you like tried to like suck your poop back up yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. i mean that's pretty I, gross I could but see, like, i could see his head like like he wasn't there oh, so, it was so wild so finally the attending comes in probably i don't know 45 seconds later and uh she was in the room for all of 20 seconds keisha had four pushes and four pushes out. and he came out wild. it was so insane they put him on my chest Eight pounds, 12 and a half ounces, huge baby. Um, we were like, I literally looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh. The first thing that I said, well, both of us started crying, obviously. It was like so emotional. If you've been there, you know. Like, I mean, it's the craziest experience ever. Um, but then I was like, we fucking did it. <laughs> it was a crazy moment. Because like, like, that was it. what we wanted, yeah. like that experience, yeah. right? The other thing I was like, wow, that came out of you? Like <laughs> eight pounds, 12 ounces? Like, that is wild. And he was absolutely like perfect. It was honestly game changer. And, you know, I, I also like, no one talks about this, but like, you know, after you birth the baby, then you like birth the placenta and they asked Cena if he wanted to see the placenta. I mean, it's pretty interesting. It's like a, it, like a big steak. Ew, gross. It literally like a big flank steak. Um, but like some people were asking kind of like, what was your feeling like right when he was born? Oh, it's, it's like an overwhelming rush of just like excitement and joy and but then like just over, overall sounds bad but like overall in the sense of, of like emotions. All the emotions yeah of like whoa this kid is now part of our life forever yeah right like he's gonna be and he like was so cute like yeah. he just and he was so big and chunky like he looked like a little gerber baby yeah, and, one of those, yeah i was like how wow that's a really big baby like i didn't know I, I wasn't that big you were a little bigger yeah born, but it was like whoa that and also how cool it was to watch you do that like mm -hmm. he did it and like that's just what we just got what we wanted yeah um which was our path and what we wanted and mm -hmm. that it just happened because like, there's so many things that can go wrong or that medically need to change during that and i was just happy that like yeah it didn't need to yeah and i think like this goes like obviously this you know part of the story is the fact that it was unmedicated which was a really big goal for me because i wanted to have that experience and we're so grateful that we could. And like Cena said, like we got everything that we wanted. It was a wild experience because I don't think first time moms have babies that quickly. And like we want to have another one in, in a while, not anytime soon. Um, and they were like, you're definitely going to want to make sure you don't have a car, baby. Like yeah. you're going to need to go in there sooner. But truly, it was such an incredible experience. And I want to just like disclaimer this with yes, like 
I had an unmedicated birth and that was really important to me. And I do think there are so many women that like have expressed to me that they want to do that, but they're fearful because the common narrative around pregnancy is that it's like horrible, right? Which some people's experience, it is really, really tough. And I was so fortunate to have a really like great pregnancy. And I know that's such a gift to have. Um, But also like, I just think that people are capable of doing this. That being said, some people don't want to, and that's totally fine. Like some of my closest girlfriends are like, why in the hell would you do that? Even my mom, she's like, Kesh, you're totally wild. Like I have no idea why would you would want to do that. And it just goes to show like everybody has a unique um, desire of how they want to do this. And the most important thing that I want to reiterate is like there's no hierarchy of how you do this. And the stigma around that of like, oh, you couldn't do it unmedicated, so you had to get an epidural. That's such bullshit. It's like you brought a ba- – you're bringing a baby into this world yeah. – like your body is growing another human that like now, like if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see Brody, like it is a little diapy. Like, you know, we're just like, you brought a human into this world. So however you did it, or you had to get an emergency C-section or you planned a C-section, like whatever the hell feels aligned for you. Like I am team, do what's aligned for you. Yeah. But I am not team, tell yourself that you can't do something if you feel called to do it because mainstream media, like, you know, like movies, like I was thinking about this and we talked about this often where there was a lot of like, there's a lot of social programming that like, you don't even realize that you have, like think of every time that you see labor in like Grey's Anatomy or like, I don't know. I just thought of knocked up with Catherine Heigl, like where it's like, ah, it's so crazy. And like, yeah, that can be some people's experience, but if you don't see alternative, like options or you see alternative perspectives that don't look like that, you might think that's the only option. And so it's really important to me. And I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers when I talk about this, but I'm going to be talking a lot more about just our experience in newborn season, my experience with pregnancy, because if you don't see another option, you might not know that that is a possibility for you. And that's important, right? What do you have to add to that? (laughs) I mean, you you nailed it. I I think it's just you know, as long as your number one goal is get the baby out safely for you and mom. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just don't, I think a lot of this during the, um, during the process was just being able to not ignore what other people say, but just like take it and yes. realize like, how can we apply that to what we want? Um, it's wild. I think I, I was mentioning earlier how it's like the birthing and the being pregnant is like, it's a science, but it's not perfect. Like every pregnancy, even with the same person, like your second one is going to be different yeah. in some ways. Like yeah. we just don't know. So someone can be like, well, for me, this worked but yeah. for you. It doesn't work. Like it just, yeah. there's so much knowledge out there and like all the apps that like give you all the like community that's like saying this happened to me, this happened to me. It's like, it's great to like hear those experiences, but then also you have to apply it to your own and what you want. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. To your own and what you want. Right. Right. Cause yeah. like the desire aspect is huge. And then of course, like the health and safety perspective is huge. Yeah. Um, but this was literally to like tie this up in a bow. This was literally, I mean, the most amazing experience of my entire life. I will be fully transparent with you that I have never in my life felt more proud of anything ever than when they put Brody on my chest and I was like, Oh my God, we did it. Right. Like I get like, I, I honestly could get like emotional even talking about it because this is the biggest gift. And, and I think part of the reason too, that I was really like tapping into a lot of this, like during 
the birth in itself is like, I recognize there are so many people, maybe even you tuning into this, that you chose to watch this on YouTube or to listen to this podcast that like you're in your journey to becoming a mom. And maybe it is that you're struggling with fertility or you've been waiting for a really long time to get to have your opportunity to be pregnant. And that's something that you're working towards. I recognize like the gratitude that I have for even having the ability to get pregnant in the first place. Like we were talking about this a million times of like how many things have to go right in order for you to even conceive a baby and then grow the baby and then have the baby be born healthy. It's like, it's such a blessing that I think like the gratitude for this is making me want to also share the really positive parts of this experience. And it's not in a way of like not being real or honest about my experience. Like I'm definitely being really honest about like, it was very, very painful, yeah. but on the same point of it, I will definitely do it again. Yeah. We, we don't have the desire um, to with number two to have like any sort of like a home birth. No. Um, I loved having the medical team around. Um, we won't do, I can say, I don't like to say with hundred percent certainty of everything, but I know for sure we won't do a doula. And that's not because doulas aren't absolutely amazing, but with our situation, and our dynamics, um, I didn't want to have a doula in the room. I really wanted, and we talked about it in yeah. detail because doulas are incredible. And that's a great resource for you to add to your birthing team if you're wanting to have support to get whatever type of birth you want, whether it's medicated or unmedicated, it really doesn't matter, right? But um, what type of support can you give to yourself? And I will say to kind of close this up because I feel like I could talk about this for literally seven hours is um, Sina mentioned this briefly, but like be very aware of the content that you're consuming if you're pregnant right now and preparing for childbirth. I literally, like I could, I unfollowed like accounts that had negative things about pregnancy. I only consumed positive content about pregnancy. I didn't talk to my girlfriends that had traumatic, I mean, I talked to them, but I didn't talk to people about childbirth that had traumatic experiences because as much as I, my heart goes out to them and I have empathy for that, I didn't even want to put that as an option in my head. So this is the time in my life where I have never been more intentional about the content that I'm consuming, including even like movies and stuff like that, that just paint birth as this like horrible thing. So we definitely have, oh, little guys looking for a nipple. Mine's not going to sound. He tries to suck on Cena's nipple. It just doesn't do any. No milk there, bud. So to close this out, because Brody's going to need some nipple, um, I want to just tell you, if you are interested in having an unmedicated birth, I'm happy to do a podcast episode on things that help support us. So text the word birth to 512-548-2728. Text the word birth to 512-548-2728. And um, if there's like a lot of you that are really interested in it, then I'll record a separate podcast just with like some tips that were really helpful and go more into like nitty gritty of like, how we prepared for that and what that looked like um, and break that down more. But we wanted to share the birth story. And of course, if you loved this episode, feel free to tag me on Instagram. That's my favorite platform at Keisha Get Mary and Sina at Sina Get Mary. And just know that we are so grateful for so much of your support and hype and love. Like so many of you that were DMing me when I would like show up on Instagram stories pregnant and that I'd be off social media for like 24 hours. You're like, is baby G here? And baby G If you're watching on YouTube, you can see he's here and he's perfect and we're obsessed. So anyways, love you guys. Thank you again so much for all of your support. I hope this episode was helpful and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. 
Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.